Welcome to Shofar Cape Town South Sermon Podcast. We trust that today's message will edify and strengthen your faith. They must be on the lookout for, for opportunities to engage with God. God encounters. God, you're going to surprise them in surprising places. God in their cars, around the corner, on their desk, in their bed. Thank you for moments of God encounters. I bless every person stretching out and raising out to you right now in Jesus' name. Can be seated. Thanks, Jamie and Matthew. Want to ask me, Anna? Can you quickly come up? Good morning. Firstly, from my side, I see lots of faces. Happy New Year! Good to see some old faces again. God bless you. Um, I'm going to just start off this morning um, by just sharing. We briefly mentioned a couple of things last year. Uh, we had a specific service where we were just talking about. A whole bunch of things that the Lord is laying on our hearts, and one of the main things is just the promise that I'm going to read for us in a, in a moment of um, God wants us to flourish. In fact, um, Barbara came last week and she said, in December, God gave her a word, and the word was flourish. Um, Lizanne, you'll see, if you, I don't know if you can just put on the slides there, um, not this one, the other slides, we'll get to this in a second. Um, the blue one. So that image there, Lazanne drew, um, because she just wanted to remind herself of the promise. Um, so, so God's really speaking us, speaking to us, and, and not just giving us a vision, but a promise. And a promise is a little bit different in that you can remind God of His promise. Um, this is this is what you want to do, God. And so I'm aligning myself um, to to this. And so we're going to look at God's promise in, in a specific way this morning. Um, but first, Ilyana's is going to take us through what we've got planned for the year. Morning, everyone. So, um, obviously, as a church, we have a vision and we have values. Can you tell me what the vision is? Would this year flourish? Okay, that's a no-brainer. But what is our church vision? Fathering a city towards revival. Okay, so we're always moving towards our vision. So if, if we were all on a bus going somewhere, that's where we are going. This is the destination that God has for us. And while we're on the bus, so they said the value is that's the destination. The vision is how we behave on the bus. So we can all get to the destination God had for, has for us. And on the way there, we can be killing each other. <laughs> um, that's very logical. When you have kids, you understand how those trips go. Um, or we can all be going to the place that God has for us, but he sets out specific, a specific way for us to get there, and that's our values. Is there someone who can say our five values? Being together. Being together. Knowing, God. Knowing God. Living with fire. Intentionally outward. Cultivating awareness. Cultivating awareness. Okay. So all of us this morning, we are as Members of this congregation, this is our vision and our values. Um, so it's good to carry that in your heart. And based on that, and, and as a breakdown of the vision for this year, what God specifically showed us is flourish. 
So we go with our values, we go with the vision for the year, and we decide to what does that mean practically for the schedule this year. And that's what I'm just going to share with you. This is on the church calendar, so you can ask Jamie or Matthew. Jamie was singing here with a beautiful voice, if you don't know who she is. Ask Jamie or Matthew um, or Armand if you need to get on the church schedule. They can help you with that. Um, And we'll send this out when we finalized it. And this is just a small summary of the main events for the year. Of course, there's more, there are more events than this. Uh, but this gives you the, the broad outline. So last year we said we're going to take the five values and we preach about each one of them spaced throughout the year. So in every little, so the year was divided into five seasons. And every little season we focus on a value. So again, this year we are dividing the year into five little seasons. And every time we'll kick off the season with the vision service. So... The five ones in orange, those are the Sundays that you really want to be here. You really want to be here every week um, because we're meeting with God. And how amazing was it to be in God's presence this morning? Really, I can be in God's presence in my house, and I am, and I can be there in the morning in my quiet time. I can be there when I watch worship on my TV, but it's not, it's something different to be corporately in God's presence. There, it's not the same as anything else. To be here together with all of you in God's presence, and it's such a privilege. So you want to be here every Sunday, but you specifically want to book these ones. Okay, so that this is one where we kick off a new little season every time through the year. And in December, praying for the year ahead, what God specifically spoke to me about was the feasts. Um, and we're going to celebrate this year. We're going to celebrate the three major feasts: it's Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. Okay, so Passover. We're going to celebrate on the 5th of April. It's a week early because the week when it is actually happening, the Friday and the Monday is a holiday. So as much as I would love you all to be here, I'm guessing that you are not going to be here. So for us to celebrate, and Reino spoke to all the leaders last year, and all the small group leaders, and he said, you know, in the last meeting, what do you guys see for the year? What, what do you want? And one big request was, let's bring back the family feasts, okay, where we're going to have long tables and have some way of eating together as a service, and we're also inviting the students. So to make it a really big, the whole family, let's eat together, let's have a feast. So how appropriate to celebrate the three major feasts of the Bible with a family feast. Okay, so on the 5th of April, Passover feast, 31st of May, Pentecost feast. I know there's an X in there, I'm still going to take it out. And 4th of October, we'll do Tabernacles, which is also called the Feast of the Harvest. And then next week, we'll kick off the first season of church just with the flourish vision. So next Sunday, Raina will really take us through what is God saying for this year. And then just after the June holidays, 12th of July, we're going to do flourish in mission. So this is another big focus of the year. The same as we did last year, the way God showed us um, a specific time of the year that he wants us to focus on inviting people. So we focus on it right now. So you want to be thinking about who God wants you to reach now. Then you pray for them, you build a relationship so that when we come to July, you're in the right place to invite them to the church campaign, which is going to be the last two weeks in August, first week in September. And then obviously after the church campaign, we'll have encounter one, encounter two, and a receive this evening. And so you want to really book those dates, the church campaign, the encounter one, the encounter two, because... The people that God has called you to impact and bring into the kingdom and specifically into this family, you're going to bring them on those Sundays 
and you're going to take them to Encounter 1 and Encounter 2. If you yourself have not done Encounter 1 and 2, I really want to invite you to Encounter 1. We really speak about salvation, baptism, Holy Spirit, very important Christian foundations um, that we don't speak about in church every week because for the person who's been coming for five years, um, you know, gets a lot. Although it's always important. Um, but if you haven't done Encounter 1, you really want to come. And that's going to be on the 15th of February. And also Encounter 2, where we really speak about why, why church and why this church. You really want to, if you want to be a member of church, we invite you to Encounter 1 and Encounter 2. Encounter 2 will be on the 25th of April. Then also we're going to have a market day in February. So if you want to, um, there's going to be some fundraising, subtle things, just have a good time together as a family, invite the, the neighborhood. Any ideas or anything like that, just please let Reino know. And Bible school this year, we're not going to have Bible school every Tuesday the whole year like we normally do, first year, second year, third year. This year we're doing something different. There's going to be four intensives, okay? So four courses. And two of them will run at the same time, and the other two will run at the same time. So you can't do both, you'll have to choose. So in March, we can have Deliverance and School of Evangelism. So it's going to be Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Tuesday. And because we, we're getting in the big guns for Deliverance, very experienced speaker, we might, the Deliverance one might have a weekend, but we'll let you know. That's going to be in March, and then in... There. In July and August, we're going to have a School of the Prophetic and a Marketplace Intensive. So again, you'll have to choose, running at the same time. Very excited about the School of the Prophetic. So it's not um, really normal that every week or often I would give words to people. What's normal is that we all would. Okay, so definitely, if not sooner, at least definitely by end of August. We'll be a church where everyone, every week, will have words for each other from the Lord. And then the last thing that I just want to highlight, especially for those of you who are married, only, I'm sorry, for those who are married, <clears throat> Love After Marriage, L-A-M, Lamb, it's a course. Myself and Raina found out about it last year. It's absolutely incredible. Gary and Hilary Pulser, they're wise in years and wisdom will come and present it. As you can see there, 1, 2, 3, 6, 8, 9, 10 May. Okay, it's intense. Friday, it's a, it's a holiday. The 1st of May is a Thursday, it's a holiday. So you don't want to be going away that long weekend. Okay, put that in your schedule now. The Thursday, the Friday, the Saturday. The Wednesday evening, the next Friday evening, Saturday and Sunday is this marriage course. The fruit of the scores is unbelievable. So we've heard testimonies. They are so popular. We met them last year. and This was the earliest date we could get them. They booked almost a year in advance. It's incredibly powerful marriage course. If you've married, got married yesterday, like Louis and Michelle, <laughs> just the other day, or if you've been married for maybe 30 years, which very few of us have, <laughs> either way, this is for you. It's different than the marriage courses I've seen before. They've explained the structure to us, and it's going to be amazing. And they're also going to open up marketing for that outside, beyond just our church. It will be at this venue, but it's going to, the marketing is going to go beyond. So think of people that you want to invite. It's a Christian course, so 
if you invite someone who's not a Christian, you'll just have to give them a heads up for that. It's based on the Bible. It's, it's about speaking to God. It's about the Holy Spirit. So it's going to be full on, but you're welcome to invite people who are not in this congregation, but who will also benefit from that. But because of the dates and because of that long weekend, just make sure that you book it. Amen. All right, so I want to quickly read from Psalm 147, verse 2. It says, The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars, and He calls them all by name. Great is our Lord, and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifts up the humble. So this is Psalm 147. Um, and that's the promise that I mentioned earlier about uh, flourishing. And what I read from the scripture, and the, the most specific promise I can see there, is there's a promise um, of flourishing in community. So I want to I speak about that this morning. So I believe that, that we as a community, as a church, as a congregation, as a group of individuals coming together, we can flourish and we can all individually flourish in community. Um, but like nothing in this life that is worth fighting for, um, we need to work on certain things, right? And it's, it's, not, it's not easy. Everything that's worth it takes work, right? And, and, and it's the same case um, for a blessed community. So we're talking about a flourishing community, um, but it's something that we need to work on. So I want to share, and I want to invite you into... An encounter I had this week, a bit of a God setup. Now, quickly turn to the person next to you and say, You are not too mature for a God encounter. <laughs> Neither are you too old for a God encounter. Right, Jesus didn't die, that we just experience him once at salvation and then never again. Right, it's, 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 it's a continuous invitation into encountering him and encountering life. And I'll, I'll, um, I'm going to share a bit about that because the essence of community is the community we have with God. Right, the relationship um, with, we have with him. So, so be expectant, be um, like that little child expecting God around every corner. Um, go and find someone that just met God, that just got saved, and spend a little time with them. And you'll see the expectation that they have um, to meet with God, you know, at every moment. So um, don't get used to God. Don't get used to what He gives us in the life that He has for us. Expect Him. And so... This is a little bit of a weird encounter that I had, but um, Monday this week, initially I didn't think it was, you know, part of what I was going to share today, and then I realized that no, it's absolutely part of what's going on. But I had this really interesting day. I was really excited about the year, um, and excited about, you know, everything that God wants to do, and praise the Lord, hallelujah, walls down, so we've got a bit more space in church. I was looking forward to everything, and then the first day I come here... And everything's good, and I'm still positive in my, in my mind and my heart, but I've got this real, um, 
let's call it a sadness. I felt this sadness. And, and, and the whole day I'm trying to figure out why, what, what's the reason. And I tried to connect events or conversations that I had. And I tried to figure out what is this sadness that I'm feeling. And so we're sitting at the dinner table and Monday night with the kids. And I said to Leona, well, I can't, I can't hold this anymore. I need to go and figure out what this is. So I go... Uh, to the prayer room and I just I, um, I pray and I pray and I just the more I pray the more sadder I get and eventually I felt God said um, my house lies in ruins and, and, and I realized that it's not my sadness that I was feeling I felt God's sadness and, and, I, and again I said God this is weird because I'm you know I'm really excited about church and there's so many positive things I mean the word is flourish for the year you know why could that go together? And so I don't really have the answer, um, but a little bit of the answer is that it's a, it's a bigger picture. I, I feel it's, it's his church in the city. My house lies in ruins. Even, even this nation. And I actually felt, you know, it's a very particular time in our country. A very dark time, if you, if you want to put it that way, like Matthew also mentioned. Um, so in a time where it's really difficult in the nation, shouldn't the church be in its glory to be the light of this nation? But now the church is not, right? The church is not where it's supposed to be. Um, and it can, it can happen really quickly. It can happen really suddenly. So I had this word, um, my house is in ruins, right? And I, so I said, well, God... I want to be obedient to this. I want to do something. So I contacted a friend, someone that God actually in that prayer laid on heart, and, I, and he said, you know, go, go and meet with this guy and pray together, together with him. And I said, texted him, he said, well, I've got a gap tomorrow. Um, come through and we'll, we'll pray together. And so, so we were praying together, but we actually spoke. We had a two-hour meeting, and the last 10 minutes um, we prayed. Uh, it was a really, really um, encouraging time of talking. It was everything related to this, to this word. Um, but after the 10 minutes, I've, you know, it was like, you know, we only started. We actually, we, the, the purpose was to pray. And so long story short, I met the guy again late in the week. Um, and it ended up that we, at the same place, I was sitting there and I thought, okay, well, this is weird. But, you know, it's just a continuation of the prayer. And in the prayer... I got a tongue, and I got the interpretation of the tongue. But it was um, such a moment. I could really just feel the presence of God in the room. And um, my friend, I was so inspired by his, his response. But I'll give you the interpretation. And I want to invite you um, into this encounter. So I'm going to say it in Afrikaans because I heard it in Afrikaans. Alright, and I'll translate it into English. But the first, there were three parts of this message. Um, the first part was, Signale, but my son dear gegaanheid. Okay? Um, do you see what my son has gone through? And when I said it, the other guy said, my house lies in ruins. That's, that's, that's what. It's not, it's not Jesus 2,000 years ago on the cross. Do you see what my son has gone through? Almost like what God has gone through in the city. He's, he's the pain that he's gone through. Um, then the next part was an invitation. Almost like a question. No, it was a question. A question. Um, the question is, 
Is jylle bereid om te gaan waar ek gaan? Are you willing to go where I am? Where I'm at? And yeah, my friend said, um, I was, he was like praying and praying and eventually I said, you know, have you got something to share? Um, because I was like, you know, you know, and he's like, no, I'm just responding. I'm just responding to this word. And so he said, the first thing is, um, when, when, he, when he heard, are you willing to go where I am at? He said, well, God, where are you? And he felt, no, that's the wrong question. The, the, the answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is, yes, Lord, I'm willing to go. And uh, then we were reminded, you know, that when Joshua goes into the promised land, he meets Jesus, right? The commander of the armies of the Lord of hosts. Then Joshua says to him, are you for me or are you against me? And then Jesus says, no, I am the commander of the armies, right? In other words, you come onto my page, not I come onto your page. So, you know, and then, you know, God leads them into the promised land. So the question are you willing to go where the sun is, right? Where Jesus is at, okay? And the one side of it, there's a price to pay, right? You know, some, to, to, to get to where Jesus is at, you need to give up where you are at, right? You need to leave your bags or pack up your bags and follow Jesus because he's not here, he's there, right? Um, and on the other hand, is if you see Jesus, you really see Jesus. So why God encounter is so important. You cannot rely on the experience you had. If you see Jesus, you're already there. I'm gonna, if you really have an encounter with Jesus, no price is too big to pay. Right? He's there and you'll be there because you, Jesus is amazing. There's no place you'd rather be than in the presence of Jesus, the cry of Moses, as we sang earlier. And then the last part was... Um, Sien jylle wat ek oprig, my sien, ek rig hom op, en ek sit hom op daarboe verhewe. I actually saw a hill um, where Jesus is being lifted up. In English, um, do you see what I'm raising up? I'm raising up my son, and I lift him up there on a hill, high and lifted up. And at this part, I specifically felt, Leona actually said she got the word resurrection. And I felt that's what God wants to do. There's, there's this church in the city, and this church is in ruins. These bits, and I'm not saying this, there's nothing in the city. There's lots of faithful people that are really um, pressing in. Um, we had an incredible city event last year called Love Cape Town. Um, but because of budget constraints, it was limited. But there was a beautiful prayer movement that God started up, started up but it's, it's, it's not complete. It needs to be picked up. It needs to be actually resurrected. Um, so I felt God said, this, this house that lies in ruins, I'm going to pick it up. Resurrection. All right? If it's in ruins, it's not a gradual pickup. It needs to be resurrected. And so, so I believe that is an invitation for us to say, yes, Jesus, I'll go where you are at. That's an invitation for us. And not all of us are going to say yes. You know, and that's, that's the thing about this, this walk with Jesus. You know, he says, follow me. And then he starts walking. And not everyone says yes. Not everyone follows when Jesus walks. Um, but Jesus is okay with it. 
right? And so we, as a community, we need to be okay with it. Um, because it's more important to be with Jesus than to have this amazing society, right? The church is not a society. Um, the church is a Jesus people, right? A, a people that is, that is all about Jesus. We are a community of only Jesus, right? We're not a community of Jesus and this and this and this. No, it's a community of only Jesus. Jesus is enough for us, nothing else but Jesus. So you'll see that that whole psalm, Psalm 147, Jesus promises certain things concerning community. He'll say, he says, I'll, I'll, I'll bind up the brokenness, right? So Jesus says, I'm okay if there's brokenness. If you've got a past and certain things happen and you're not, you're not, you're not completely whole yet, right? None of us are really completely whole, right? But Jesus heals us and he makes us whole. But Jesus says, I'm okay with the brokenness as long as you're willing to recognize that you're broken, all right? If you want to hide it away, that's a real killer for relationship. Never hide away brokenness. Recognize it to God. I'm not saying say it to everyone, but recognize it to God and to, to people that are close to you. So there's a little uh, image that I'm going to share with you. Um, Pastor Arthur, some of you might know him. He drew this, and this is a really, really powerful demonstration of community. So say there's a family with a dad, mom, three children, and God in the middle. Amazing thing, the amazing news is God loves the dad, he loves the mom, he loves every child, and he, he loves freely, right? There's no price to pay, there's no reward system, he just gives us his love. Now what would happen, next slide Antonio, please, if dad would decide to love God back, and mom would decide the same, and every child would decide the same, to, to reciprocate the love that God has, to, to, to allow the life chain to be completed, right? That is, that is we're beginning to talk about a, a flourishing relationship with God. Then the next step is, is, is what would happen if the family chooses to love one another? Look at that. Look at those connections, right? It's a, quite a, a popular word these days, connection, right? Connection is so important. Connection in life, in psychology, and being a healthy individual is crucial. We have been made to have connection, right, with one another and with God. Now, what would happen if a community of just 16 people were to love God back, because He really loves you, and to love one another? Isn't that amazing? Look at that network. Look at that. Don't you, don't you sense safety? Don't you sense fulfillment? Now, there's a couple of scenarios that I want to talk about. Um, but you just see that is flourishing, right? Do you notice that, say there's a breakdown, and, and, and we live in a fallen world, and things happen, and relationships sometimes get tough, but say one of the connections break down. It's not a train smash, right? There's, 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 there's space to move, and there's space for that connection to restore, all right? But there's still real connection. Now, let's 
let's take the opposite scenario quickly. Let's say there's a community of 16 people. There's one person that only has a connection with God, right? Um, and a connection with one other person, okay? Um, say the connection between that one other person breaks down. What do you think will happen? If the one connection in community breaks down, there's maybe just a connection. No, there's not a slide for this. You can just go back to the 16 one. Okay. So just one connection. That connection breaks down. What do you, what do you think the person would feel? Even though there's a connection between him and God, or and God, um, that person would feel isolation. Some of you said it. Okay, you'll feel isolated. Might draw back in a certain sense. Okay? Now, who's word of the word in, uh, dependence? A dependent relationship. Okay? Now, this is um, something I'm sure most of us would experience, especially, especially in the, uh, the uh, uh, Christian walk, in the kingdom walk. Um, dependence is a really uh, dangerous thing, something we need to watch out for. So, I've seen this play out in my life several times. In fact, when I just got saved, I had a really good friend, and it was a real encouragement to me. Let me share the story. It's a sad story, but um, it's, it's so appropriate. And so, I was just saved. You know, so I was excited about everything to do with God as I am today, even more today. Um, and, you know, he was like, he was a little bit, Saved a little bit longer, not much, um, but he grew a very close relationship, and the guys that he grew this relationship with, was he said he was his mentor, right? It was a very tight relationship, um, but the problem was this guy didn't have much, many other relationships. Um, he had a lot of brokenness, and so he struggled to relate with a lot of people, and so this connection with this mentor grew stronger and stronger. And the more this relationship grew stronger, his relationship with God almost happened through this person. Who's experienced that? That's a very bad place to be, right? Um, and at some point, this guy realized this is not healthy, and he pulled out, and you would imagine what happened with this guy. He backslid, right? He, he horribly, terribly backslid. Praise God, he came back to God several years. I'm talking about 10 years later. Came back to God and restored to God. So, hallelujah, God is faithful. But the damage was done. And, and it, it was a terrible scenario. So, God had made us for community, but not to be dependent on one another. We're dependent on only one, and that is God. All right? Our, our um, relationship with God gives us the capacity and ability to relate correctly with one another. I'm going to talk about that in a second. So you see the importance. Jesus says, by the love that you have for one another, they will know that you are my disciples. All right? That is, talks about connection, and that is something important. And so, so this is a decision that you as an individual need to make. Is this important to you? Is community, I can tell you it's important to God. And I can tell you that there's lots of things in your life that would be important. But you need to make a decision, is this worth it? 
is it worth it to fight for relationships? Because relationships is not easy. Right? In fact, I'm going to talk about it in a second, but relationships is mostly about giving. Okay, let's read from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3 to 6. Endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called, in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Right? The good news is, as believers, the default is relationship. You see that last picture with the lots of connections? That is the Christian default. Right? We have connection. Right? Sometimes, because of brokenness, um, the enemy sets us up and we have what we call an orphan spirit. Right? Our default is to be isolated. Right? We need to trust God for healing and to break down those patterns so that we can come back to the spirit's default. And the spirit's default is the same spirit that lives in me, it's the same spirit that lives in Tinas, it's the same spirit that lives in Johannes, and we have connection, right? Because we, um, we are one, as the scripture says. So there is the bond of peace, but it says keep the unity of the spirit. So keep it, protect it. Make, um, make like it's something important, because it is. Um, we are stewards, like we are with our finances. We need to steward this bond of peace. Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 to 16 says, But above all else, um, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So there's the bond of peace and the bond of per- perfection. You see these, these bonds that God has given us to be able to relate in this in this. This, this amazing plan that he has for his body. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called into one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Um, Liana mentioned it earlier. You know, we should all come ready to church. Um, we should all come with something in our tanks to give, right? With a song, with a word, with a prophetic word, with a, a, a melody, with, with something to give. I think many times we get into the trap to think, well, I'm just going to make it to church. I'm here. My tank is empty. I need to fill up my tank, right? That is not the glory that God has for His church, okay? It's... If your tank is empty, please come to church, come sit here and, and drink the presence of God. But don't let that be your only experience of church. That is, that is not the kingdom. Right? That, we, we're not called to survive. We're called to flourish. Flourish. Right? So, so make sure you're ready to come and fight for that bond um, that God has given us. Okay. So what is really important? What is really crucial ingredient for a relationship? Patience. Patience. Someone said? Life. Love. Okay, love is always the right answer. Okay? And patience is, is so crucial. But not just in romantic relationships. What is key to every good relationship is chemistry <laughs> chemistry okay now it's not just romantic relationships 
it's, and this is really important, it's not unspiritual. Um, sometimes we get into this, this, this bad space and, and never, get, never, never allow yourself to get in a bad space where we, um, we take on a posture of, because I'm in this church, you must be my friend. Because I'm in this church, you owe me. Okay? Now, because we're a family, there is a connection, like we explained earlier. Um, but do you know that even though maybe some of what you're saying is true, do you know it kills the chemistry? Right? Do you know if the moment you demand something from me, it's not natural anymore? Okay? I perhaps go into a performance, I want to just please you. Um, or I go into a, whenever you hear, I'm just going to do what is right for you um, and for your needs. Um, but it's really not natural, right? And God wants us to have natural relationship. Can you imagine a guy going up to a girl and saying to her, you must date me. This is over right there and there. Might never recover, right? Because one needs to create space for um, that chemistry, and it's the same in any relationship, right? That relationship is particularly important, that there is chemistry. Let's talk about the chemistry, firstly, with our relationship with God, right? It's the element that you see on the screen there. (laughs) To know Him and be known by Him. Okay, so this is, this is really important, really important. God calls us to know Him, but you re- have you read Matthew 7, 23 recently? Let's read it up on the screen, and then if you can put on the next one. Because I'm in this church, you owe me, okay? Now, because we're a family, there is a connection, like we explained earlier, um, but do you know that even though maybe some of what you're saying is true, do you know it kills the chemistry? Right? Do you know if the moment you demand something from me, it's not natural anymore? Okay? I perhaps go into a performance, I want to just please you, um, or I go into a, whenever you hear, I'm just going to do what is right for you um, and for your needs. Um, but it's really not natural, right? And God wants us to have natural relationship. Can you imagine a guy going up to a girl and saying to her, you must date me. This is over right then and there. Might never recover, right? Because one needs to create space for um, that chemistry. And it's the same in any relationship, right? That relationship is particularly important. That there is chemistry. Let's talk about the chemistry. Firstly, with our relationship with God. Right? It's the element that you see on the screen there. <laughs> to know Him and be known by Him. Okay? So this is, this is really important. Really important. God calls us to know Him. But you read, have you read Matthew 7, 23 recently? Let's read it up on the screen. 
And then if you can put on the next one. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you practice lawlessness. So we know the whole context of the story. Um, Jesus says, in the last days, many will come to me and they'll say to me, um, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do wonders in your name and signs and healings? And then Jesus says, but depart from me because I do not know you. In other words, those, if you remember those original drawings, God loves, but the love was never returned. All right? So you maybe know stuff about God, but you don't know God. And further than that, the scripture here says, but I never knew you. All right? Now, of course, God knows the facts of you. He knows everything about you. He knows more than you know about yourself. Um, he remembers everything. I forget a lot of things that God never doesn't forget. You know, I'm always surprised by how God reminds me of things that I promised 10 years ago. Completely forgot about those promises. God says, I don't forget. Right? But the fact is, there's a, there's, a, there's a place in our relationships, and we always want to, that chemistry thing is between us and God as well. That chemistry thing is between us and God as well. Right? And we're responsible to keep the chemistry between us and God alive. Right? Well, we can try it. You, chemistry and time go hand in hand. But right? you cannot have a loving relationship with God without any time. Saying, you know, God, I stand on your word. I maybe memorized a couple of verses. And now you need time. And there's a growth of relationship up to such a place where God says, but not only do you know about me, but I know you. Because I've seen your heart, because you've communicated your heart to me, and I live life with you. I know you. This is, this is crucial. This is the ultimate connection is to know God and be known by Him. Right? Crucial. Fight.